Welcome to the Daily Record Spin Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Clements, and on the other end of this conversation is my brother, Danny Oki. How are you doing, Danny? Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm doing good. So we've had about a week now since the Grammys. We're recording this on Saturday, February 10th, and we've had a week to sort of ruminate on it and collect our thoughts, and uh, we're going to talk about it today. So anything you want to say off the bat? about the show yeah absolutely so a little background for us uh like you said we are brothers and uh he lives in la i live in the indianapolis area in indiana and uh doing our best to try to stay connected through this weird time and thought this would be a good opportunity for us to nerd out about one of our th- favorite things in the world which is music so um do we want to talk a little bit about how we're planning on setting up the show structure yeah absolutely so this is going to be a twice a month podcast um we figured starting with the grammys was a good way to go kind of got us into this we've been talking about doing this for a while so the first um show every month which will be right around the middle of the month uh is going to be sort of a grab bag of different topics obviously we're covering the grammys today but uh, it could be anything from challenges, uh, playlists, uh, going through old albums and ranking them, anything that we come up with in the moment. Um, and then at the end of the month, our, our final podcast of the month, we'll be recapping that month in music, talking about some of our favorite singles, albums, any significant news, um, other releases, anything in the pop culture realm as it relates to music as well. Yeah. So uh, do you want to just dive right in? Should we talk about the Grammys? Yeah. First of all, what are your thoughts on the telecast? How did we feel about the show as a whole? So I felt like this was probably one of the better years in quite a while in terms of the actual telecast. I feel like they put a lot more effort into making it look good and flow well. That's not always been the Grammy's strength. Um, A lot of other award shows have that down really well in terms of making it a good production. The Grammys, I feel like, usually puts in all of their effort into getting a bunch of good performers and then not really doing much else and just letting them have free reign, and it doesn't always work. Um, So in terms of, like, the flow of the show and the production value, the camera work, all of that, I feel like this is one of the better years we've we've had in a while. I completely agree. The flow is the thing I noticed the most. In other years, it's been super disjointed with the multiple stages thing. They'll like cut to like Strags too. some other recording. And like, I remember when uh, Drake did a concert from the Bellagio Fountain one year. It's like mm-hmm. weird stuff that I'm like, it's it's kind of interrupting the flow of the show. This year, that I felt like it, it yeah. felt like a proper award show. But you're right about the camera work. Yeah. It was cool how everything sort of felt different. Like, I loved the intimacy of like Billy's performance. Um, yeah, with the beautiful. camera like right on stage there. Some of the other ones, like Miley, was like a total panned out. It, it really fit her song and her performance and everything. Uh, same yep. with Olivia Rodrigo. So, yeah, uh, I really liked the show as well. I did miss the beginning of it, but I've caught uh, clips. I I missed sadly probably the greatest moment, which was. Uh, Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs doing Fast Car. Um, but Dude. <laughs> I've been able to watch videos. We'll get, and, we'll uh, get there. <laughs> pretty magical. Pretty magical. It it was one of my favorite Grammys moments of all time. And we'll definitely we'll talk about that for sure. But yeah, I thought overall it was probably my favorite year since the weird COVID year. I'm probably in the minority, but the year they, they did it 
during COVID. I think it was the 2021 awards. They did it really weirdly in like sound stages. And I actually thought that was one of my favorite Grammys ever. I just felt like it, something about everybody being back together after that moment. It just felt yeah. really real and very human. Um, and was I think that, that was also one of the first years Trevor Noah did it too. Was that the year folklore one when they were all sitting at like, it was the, the year cute little tables? One. Okay. Yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. I, I liked that show too. I remember that one. Yeah. I thought it was well done, but I think since then, this is probably my favorite one we've had so yeah. far. So I thought they did a good job. Yeah. I really enjoyed For it. Sure. Oftentimes the Grammys drag and drag and drag. Um, for you, it's not too bad because you're on the West Coast, so it was probably over for you by what, like eight thirty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 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 us Midwesterners, we had uh, our late night, and uh, oftentimes it feels even later. And I did not feel that way this time. It, it felt like it. I probably could, because of the flow. It, it it felt like it didn't drag on as long, which was nice for sure. Uh, now to the actual awards part of it, though, and I know we have. Some things that we liked and some things that we didn't love uh, in terms of how the awards were actually handed out. Um, we're going to start with some categories. Uh, we're not. We're obviously not going to go through every category because the Grammys give out how many awards? Uh, like 13,000. Three... <laughs> uh, approximately. Um, but we're just yeah. going to go through some of our, our the, obviously the big four of the night, uh, record of the year, album of the year, uh, song of the year, and best new artist. And then some other categories we feel like we have an ability to speak on a little bit. Uh, we're going to start with um, Alternative Album. Um, this was a category which was won by Boy Geniuses, The Record. Um, other nominees yep. were Arctic Monkeys, Lana Del Rey, Gorillaz, and PJ Harvey. Um, any thoughts on this category? Not a ton. This isn't totally my jam all the time. Um, the only album I listened to in full was The Record, which was the winner. Um, I have never heard anything by PJ Harvey, so definitely can't speak on that whatsoever. Yeah, likewise. Um, but I think a lot of people were expecting Lana to take this one home. Um, I mean, Lana Del Rey has been nominated for, gosh, I think like somewhere around 11 Grammys in her time, and she's Oof. never taken one home. So, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts about Lana Del Rey. I'm not a big fan of hers, but um, I don't know. If I was her, I feel like I would just stop coming to <laughs> the Grammys um, because they really love to uh, parade her around there and then not give her any awards. So I know there was a lot of controversy with that, but I do think Boy Genius had a huge, huge moment this year. I mean, they were just everywhere. Yeah, and for sure. Think, critically, uh, I think the record had some of the best reviews of the year and i do think it's a deserving winner it's not totally my jam but um i think there's some really strong stuff on there yeah undoubtedly a deserving winner i mean i like every end of the year list i looked at it was in the top five so um people clearly loved yeah. and responded to it a lot um i had a fun moment sure. i went to go see muna in october and uh was it october yeah october and uh uh, Boy Genius crashed the encore, which was pretty sick. All three of them. So much fun. Um, really, really was fun. Was it Silk Chiffon? Yeah, it was Silk Chiffon, obviously. Phoebe, Phoebe yeah. uh, is featured on that song, and but she brought out Julian and Lucy as well. So it was really cool. Um, definitely really so happy cool. for, for them. I, I Again, I don't know a lot of these other nominees. I did listen to some of Cracker Island and some of Lana's album. Um, I didn't love either. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm really happy for Boy Genius. Uh, I think it's really cool, and they just announced that they're they're going to separate ways. So to to yeah, be able to yeah to be able to go and and finish off a, a whirlwind of a year for the three of them um, with this Grammy win is pretty cool. Yeah, they really just made their Grammy winning album and dipped. They said, "We did it. See ya." Yeah, that's pretty baller. <laughs> I, I like. Yeah, it, it's that's a power move for sure. I really like all three of them individually. I think they're cool people. So, and they just seem so grounded. They just seem like everyday people. It's kind of one of those really cool moments where like you just wouldn't expect someone like that to take home these big awards. And I don't know. I just think it's. I like them. I think they're cool. So same here. All right, we want we want to briefly touch on country album. It's not. It's definitely not my area of expertise. I don't know if it's me neither. Because, um, <laughs> no, but we. Not. Uh, this category was won by Lainey Wilson, who has been sweeping all of the country awards this year with her album Bell Bottom Country. Yeah. She was up against Zach Bryan, Tyler Childers, the Brothers Osborne, and Kelsey Ballerini, who's the I think the person that we want to talk about a little bit here. Yeah, I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, country is definitely not my, my realm of expertise. Um, but there are a handful of country artists who I have a lot of respect for. And Kelsey Ballerini is, is right at the top of that. I think she is just an outstanding artist. Um, everything she does, I just think is so clever and thought out and well done. And I feel like she is one of the country artists that does not play into the Nashville scene very much. And I have respect for that because I think sometimes the Nashville scene can get a little bit problematic. Um, and I think she very much tries to be on the outskirts of that, which I respect. Um, but she released an EP this year, rolling up the welcome mat about her divorce. And I think it's, it's probably one of my favorite projects I've heard this decade. It is so heart wrenchingly sad. Like it's one of those EPs that I can only listen to, in a very specific mood because it's really sad, but I think it's some of the best songwriting that we got to hear last year. And even though it didn't win, I think the fact that it's an EP of only what, like six songs, I think six or seven Mm -hmm. songs, the fact that that was up against full length projects is it's a testament to how well done that was. Yeah. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you can be fleabag. You can be a 30, minute episodes and do six of them and be the best show on tv that year and sometimes you can mm-hmm. release six songs and and be one of the best albums of the year so um mad Absolutely. props to her she's a crazy songwriter i think that's the Just thing i take away the most insane obviously gorgeous voice and stage presence and everything mm-hmm. but the songwriting is and gorgeous level. person Just in general. yeah 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 obviously yeah i i really like her a lot um i do want to touch on uh I did not listen to the full Tyler Childers album, um, but he did release one song last year with a music video that featured a LGBTQ couple, and oh, nice. that was a really, really controversial moment, as you can imagine, in the country scene, but I have mad respect for him, and the song is gorgeous, so do want to yeah. give him his flowers as well. Um, I like his and then voice Zach Bryan. Yeah, yeah, he's got a good voice, um, but Zach Bryan, too, had a humongous year last year. I was kind of shocked he did not really take home this award because he had one of the most critically acclaimed albums last year and it's, mm. it's actually really good it's very is, americana is that, very rootsy i was gonna say is that the one that's like pretty much all acoustic this is like very pretty stripped much down? Yeah. yeah 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 very okay. sh- very stripped down he's got this uh this kind of voice that's very talky it's not really he doesn't have a, like a singing songy kind of voice it's it's almost like 
it's almost like he talks the words. It's very interesting. It's not wow, cool. It's not my favorite thing to listen to, but he he has this thing and he sticks to it. And honestly, I I I was really really surprised to see him not walk away with this award. I think that he had a good a really good album for sure. All right, so let's move to talking about something we know a little bit more about here. Um, oh, I, briefly, I just want to shout out. Neither of us are huge into rap. Uh, probably a product of growing up in the Midwest and, you know, listening to like pop punk and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I want to give a shout out to Killer Mike, who won uh, best album, best rap album for Michael. Uh, he's one half of Run the Jewels, uh, which is a duo I'm really a big fan of, and also um, the producer for for Michael is uh pretty active on tiktok and he didn't ask me anything on reddit uh after he won he's a really cool guy his name is greasy will uh if you're into audio engineering or producing or anything on that end of the music business i would follow him on tiktok he's really cool um and gives a lot back to the community and uh it was really cool to see him get a grammy for this um i can't comment too much on uh the rest of the category i know a lot of the internet felt travis scott was robbed uh which I don't know about. <laughs> I, totally yeah. I mean, I, 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 I follow some some media that that does talk about rap quite a bit. It's not something I know a whole lot about, but um, I know most people would probably agree this was a weaker year for rap in general. I think none of the projects made a huge, huge splash. So, um, yeah. I know that there were some Travis Scott fans that were a little bit pressed, but I think as a whole, we were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with some of the projects this year. So. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely uh, not a marquee year for the genre, I would say. No, um, definitely not. It, it was, however, a marquee year in uh, pop music. And we're going to start getting to some of these pop categories now. Um, we're going to start with uh, duo performance. Um, so this this award, uh, the nominees were Thousand Miles, Miley Cyrus and Brandi Carlisle, Candy Necklace, Lana Del Rey again, featuring John Batiste. Uh, Never Felt So Alone, Labyrinth featuring Billie Eilish, Karma, Taylor Swift featuring Ice Spice, and the winner was Ghost in the Machine, uh, SZA featuring Phoebe Bridgers. A ton of crazy uh, big names here. You have like a bajillion people that have been nominated or won Grammys in recent years or even this year on this list. So really cool that SZA and Phoebe Bridgers take this award. The, the pop categories this year were some of the most stacked I've ever seen. It just was like, flip a coin, who knows who's going to take this stuff. And I, the fact that this is one of the, the awards that SZA walked away with, I was very, very pleased because I think Ghost in the Machine is a really well-written song. And you would never expect SZA and Phoebe Bridgers to be paired together. They just, I feel like they do very different things. LA Locals, <laughs> but I think baby. They sound, yeah, I think they sound really <laughs> really good together and it just like works somehow i don't know how yeah, it works but it does i i really love well we'll talk more about sos as an album later but i i love one thing about that album is it dips into different genres and dips out of them and and throughout and sis's voice just kind of unifies the whole project um and this is just one really cool standout for me i really love this song one of my top five on the album for sure so really happy it yeah. got some credit here me too 
I'm I'm very pleased that the Karma remix featuring Ice Spice did not get credit here because yeah, I, yeah. I'll I'll do credit <laughs> to Ice Spice. She's had a great year. Obviously, she's really great hit year. the scene well. That song did not need a feature, and the feature it if you were gonna put a feature on it, it needed to be at the same level as Taylor's writing, and it just wasn't there. Yeah. So, and Karma Karma's a strong enough song. Like I felt like it didn't need a feature in, in general, but. Ice Spice's verse, it just, the tempo was weird for her, her flow was weird, it just, yeah, at the end when she says, facts, it's just very, (laughs) it was, it just felt really lazily done, so I was pleased that that (laughs) didn't happen, but shout out to Thousand Miles, Miley Cyrus featuring Brandy Carlisle, that's one of my favorite songs on Endless Summer Vacation, I thought that's a real standout for me, and Brandy Carlisle is always fantastic in my book, she can't really do any wrong. And she got Joni Mitchell to perform at 80 years old. I mean, yeah. How how iconic. That's so cool. Crazy. I cannot believe that happens. Can we briefly just talk about we got Tracy Chapman, Joni Mitchell, and Billy Joel all performing at the Grammys this year? Iconic. Yeah, we got to talk about this. So there are two mindsets here. So have you heard the the term a Grammy moment? Have you heard this term before? Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, a Grammy moment is when the Grammys love to pair a older seasoned veteran artist with a new up and coming artist to kind of bridge that gap. A lot of people roll their eyes at this, myself included, because it's kind of like we can't just give the newer artists their flowers. We have to like put them in the shadow of like their predecessor. It's always very weird. It usually does not work very well. And I will give the Grammys credit that this is the first year I've been like, okay, this is an awesome moment when we put um, Luke Combs and uh, Tracy Chapman together because it was nothing short of spectacular. I thought it was an incredible moment. I thought the way when Tracy starts playing and it's the, the stage slowly lights up on her and the audience realizes that, holy crap, it's actually Tracy Chapman on the Grammy stage right now. There's just, like, this collective gasp in the audience, like, oh my gosh, we're in the presence of a god. And then the way that Luke Combs looked at her the entire performance with just, like, such reverence and respect. His hands were, like, shaking. He was so scared, you could tell. And I I just thought the whole thing was, was gorgeous. And how on earth does Tracy Chapman still sound the same the same and the exact same she sounds exactly the same and her skin is flawless she has not aged a day what a queen Uh, yeah i i she's the most beautiful person at the grammys i felt like i I, like just seriously she just looks so regal up there like Like, just she did it was at peace she has such presence and yeah it's truly a beautiful moment i mean yeah it, get get you somebody yeah, really that looks awesome. at uh, at you like Luke Combs looks at Tracy Chapman. Luke Combs looks at yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, um, it was yeah. really it was a moment, very great moment. But um, yeah, I thought the other two, Billy Joel and uh, um, help me out here. Who was the other? Person? Oh, Johnny Mitchell. Johnny Mitchell. Thank you, Johnny Mitchell. Um, the the two of them I thought were fantastic too. Joni Mitchell is an absolute legend in the songwriting community. And just to see her out there at what, she's like, what, 85 or something like that? Yeah. 86? I can't remember. And they said she was like paralyzed or, or not paralyzed, but yeah. And to learn how to walk Some... three different times. What? Yeah. I think she, what a... I think she had a stroke or something. What an astounding that. accomplishment to be able to do all that and then get back up there and, and sing. 
yep. both sides now. Yep. I mean, one of the greatest songs ever written. So really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. And speaking of health concerns, the fact that they got Celine Dion on stage to present I after know. her diagnosis. Uh, what a moment. I like, I started welling up when I saw her walk down the stage. I, I had heard weirdly that she was like immobile now. And I don't, I guess yeah. that's not true. She, well, I yeah, well, I mean, she she said very clearly it's a daily struggle. It affects every part of her life. I, I believe yeah, she has something terrible. called stiff person syndrome, which if if, yep. if I have read correctly, like about half of her body is paralyzed, basically, or like stuck in a position. Yeah. So it's really hard for her to really do anything. It's just so sad. It's affected her singing. She can't sing anymore. So, um, yeah, it's devastating. But it was but really, really cool really to see cool. her yeah. get up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to pop solo performance, uh, where the winner was Miley Cyrus, and probably a, a predictor of things to come. She won for Flowers. Um, she was nominated against Doja Cat for Paint the Town Red, Billie Eilish for What Was I Made For, Olivia Rodrigo for Vampire, and Taylor Swift for Antihero. Um, your thoughts on the winner? So I was really hoping for a vampire win in this category. Um, I knew that that Olivia was not going to take any of the, the big awards home because weirdly enough, even though guts is one of the greatest albums released this decade so far, I think we can both agree Facts. We love that album. Yeah. We can talk facts. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was, I was really hoping they would give her something, but man, the Grammys are really making her wait in line. I, I feel like they are not, they are. They're not giving it to her yet. They're making her earn it, and that's something that Billie Eilish has not experienced. So it's interesting to see that they have they have clearly crowned Billie Eilish as the Gen Z um, award winner in their eyes, which I disagree with. But I digress. Um, but in terms of flowers, I think it's a deserving winner. Absolutely, it had a huge, huge, huge moment last year. I think it came out like in February of. 23 and lasted the entire year i feel like yeah i believe it spent 40 weeks on the charts which hold on let me i'm gonna look this up for in any way her biggest hit ever easily um so thought thought it was a deserving winner for sure i think she has better songs um but you can't deny the the presence of flowers in the in the mainstream last year and i do i mean it's catchy it's a good song i like it a oh lot, so. it spent 37 weeks at number one on the adult contemporary chart yeah that's Go crazy work. 37 weeks that's crazy that's a huge accomplishment that's yeah. it's pretty amazing so not surprised it won this award and miley's first grammy ever so she's yeah been that's in this crazy. industry for a long time she's so deserving of it she just yeah. has an immense amount of talent. Her career's kind of been up and down. <laughs> She's been put through the ringer a little bit, but yeah, I'm glad. I was I was glad to see that moment for yeah. her. I um, yeah, I I I concur. I actually liked all these other songs as well. Um, me too. The the issue I think for me was I don't think either Vampire or Antihero were the standout on their own album, which agreed is is a tough competition when Flowers kind of was the standout for me. Maybe along with Jaded. Mm-hmm. I really love Jaded as well. Love um, Jaded. Uh, but I thought Billie Eilish's song won the award it should have won and not this one. Um, and, totally agree. Uh, with all due respect to Doja Cat, I like Paint the Town Red, but it's not one of her best, in my opinion. No, it's not. Um, so. the, the, Do- the Doja Cat year last year was 
interesting to watch to say the least yeah uh <laughs> choices were made choices were made choices were made that's i actually like i actually really do like some of that album though i will be honest um <laughs> okay i do like panther tower that's a good one uh, um okay so moving on to pop album the the big award in this category which goes to midnight's um i'm trying to find the category here i got you. here we go goes to midnight's um competition was guts as we previously discussed and the summer vacation miley cyrus chemistry by kelly clarkson and subtract by ed sheeran which i know is an album that you love so why don't you just talk briefly about uh your thoughts on on the winner and then if you want to dive in any of these other albums and talk about them real quick yeah so I predicted Midnight's winning this category. I didn't think there was any world in where Midnight's did not win this. Um, I thought there was a world where she didn't win Album of the Year, but I, I knew she was going to take this category home. But I will say that I, I'm just going to go on a soapbox about Ed Sheeran here for a second. Since this is our first podcast, I need the people to know <laughs> my thoughts on we Ed do. Sheeran so that, they, so that they can cancel me right away. Um I am obsessed with Ed Sheeran. I have been since I was like 15 years old. I think he's one of the most prolific songwriters of our generation. And I think um, he gets so much hate on the internet for absolutely no reason. And I think because he released the song Shape of You and then followed it up with his number six collaborations project, the entire world has decided that he is not a good songwriter. And that's just <laughs> false. Even though Shape of You is one of the best songs of the 2010s. Like... Well, right. It's like one of the most <laughs> prolific pop songs we've ever heard. And yet, because it got played too much, people are like, oh, he's a terrible songwriter, which is just not true, because it, it's such a skill to be able to write a song that is that present. And whatever. Anyways, Subtract, I thought was a huge return to form for him. Um, back to his acoustic roots, his singer-songwriter roots. And my question is, what does Ed Sheeran have to do to get the respect of critics? Because they liked him when he was doing that. And then started dogging on him when he started doing pop. And he was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go back to what I was doing. And they're like, no, we hate this too. We just don't like you. So I don't know what he has to do, but I love Subtract. I think it's really emotional, um, really fantastic. But I knew it had absolutely zero chance of winning in this category. I think Kelly Clarkson had a bigger chance of winning in this category. So yeah, that's probably it's all good. good. Shout out yeah. to Trevor Noah's joke uh, about Kelly Clarkson covering people's songs because Lord knows she'd yes. be making them better every he time. He is correct. <laughs> every time. As soon as Kelly Clarkson <laughs> covers your song, it is her song now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 100%. It's no longer the artist's song. It's now Kelly's. Um, other thoughts are Guts, again, yeah, just like so one of the best releases. I'll, I'll briefly talk about Guts. Uh, guts might be one of my Great. favorite albums of all time. Uh, like truly yep. and honestly, I I became a big Olivia Rodrigo fan with the debut album, and this one cemented her being one of my absolute favorite artists right now. I just think at her age, she's twenty years old, twenty, just <laughs> and to be writing songs as nuanced and emotionally present and sonically interesting as she's writing right now at 20 years old i, I mean she and she wrote this album when she was probably 18 or 19 so like yeah. i it's it is truly difficult for me to wrap my head around what she could be in five years like and she's already 
putting this out. It's really tremendous. And I just think her and honestly, I felt like Daniel Negro, the producer of that album, was robbed as well of uh, Best Producer this year. Look, we love Jack Antonoff, and he produced some great records this love. year. Major, major shout out also to uh, Being Funny in a Foreign Language, which I felt like got no love at these Grammys. Robbed. Um, which he produced uh 1975's album. Um, and he did win, so good for him. But I, I think what, what Dan Negro and, um, and Olivia did with Guts is just so cool. They essentially took a 90s alternative sound and brought it to modern day pop music. And it's it's flawless it works seamlessly um it's perfect it's it's a perfect album yeah there aren't any songs that i think are are weak at all there are some i like a little bit less than other ones but i wouldn't i wouldn't you know criticize anyone for having those as their favorites of the album like it's truly just no notes to be honest like no notes when bad idea right came out i played it like 20 times straight like i was obsessed with that song yeah. yeah and like she obviously is a master of ballads as well as the kind of pop punk resurgence sound and i think logical is her best ballad so far oh. I think it's devastating devastating absolutely yeah. devastating song it's gorgeous it's, it was one of my favorite songs of 2023 it's perfect it's absolutely phenomenal so, the, p- the piano oh oh it's gorgeous i was yeah. hoping for dan as well but um i guess gotta give props to jack for the three peat third year in a row of winning um he won three in a row three pete Mm -hmm. wow i think it's maybe the first to ever have done that yeah so we're 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 a jack um stan podcast for sure we We are definitely a a jack stan Um, podcast yeah look when the chiefs a lot of people give him hate when the chiefs get their third super bowl tomorrow you know there's gonna be a lot of people like but you know it's okay. Sometimes, sometimes the good guys win, and that's fine. You know, a lot. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, we we like Jack here, and just to clarify, we like um, being funny in a foreign language. But this is not a Maddie Healy stand account. Correct. So. We we reserve uh, <laughs> we reserve Maddie Healy hot takes for uh, another podcast. But know that we do not fully yes, uh, support his brand, uh, <laughs> even though we do think he's uh, a talented human being. Um, okay. Yes. Hundred percent. So let's let's move on to probably your uh, favorite moment of these Grammys, which was Paramore winning rock album, uh, beating out some really stiff competition in my mind. Uh, and we'll talk about this in a second. But uh, Mainstays, Metallica and the Foo Fighters had uh, good entries in this one, along with Greta Von Fleet and Queens of the Stone Age. Um, so they were not beating a weak competition by any means uh this was a no. loud statement that paramore is the band of the moment by the grammys yes they are here to stay without a doubt i i just i i want to make sure we're giving paramore their flowers here they are my favorite band um of all time have been a massive fan since i was probably like 11 years old and the fact their longevity is really outstanding because most bands that get this far into their career lose some sort of quality and i really feel like paramore just keeps getting better and better and better with each release despite all of their personnel changes despite all the drama despite their raging depression (laughs) that i feel like they always have (laughs) more things um but 
Good it's movie. worth noting that yeah there you go <laughs> it's worth noting that this is the first female fronted band to ever win the rock album category in the history of the Grammys, which is just an insane stat but oh, i'm nice. really glad paramore was the first to win it because i think probably the greatest female fronted band in my eyes of all time um, i mean i when, and when they, this album yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead Oh, I was going to say, when this album came out, I was like, we have to start talking about Paramore as the greatest band in the world right now. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's unfair to, to say. They keep getting better and yeah. better. And they keep getting, they keep becoming more themselves, too, which is really, I think, the most exciting thing. It feels like all three of them have gone and figured out who they are as individual artists and are bringing that back into the band now. And that is just making it so much richer. I totally agree. The and and this is why like the the full album was the first time I really felt like every member of Paramore was just firing on all cylinders at all times. Like you yes. can really hear each distinct person in every single moment of that album. They all had a moment to shine and you could just hear how collaborative it was cuz like the past two albums before that Haley Williams and Taylor York did most of the writing. But on this most recent one, Zach brought his writing into the fold as well. And it just, it, it just worked so well together. And I'm just thrilled for them. They won this and the um, alternative song. Is that right? Alternative song category I believe for the title track. So. Yeah. Yes. So they are now a three-time Grammy winning band. So very, super, super cool. thrilled for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but I want to briefly talk about some other ones in this category. I, I was personally shocked that uh, Foo Fighters did not win this, mainly just because of the story. Uh, for those who don't know, too. the Foo Fighters lost their longtime drummer Taylor Hawkins last year. Um, he died very unexpectedly. and I'm sorry, not last year. It was 2022. Um, while they were on tour, and there were questions about whether the band would continue to exist. Uh, Dave Grohl had lost Kurt Cobain and now Taylor Hawkins, both way too young. And it, it would have been fair to, you know, you know, give him a long, a long break for music because uh, I just can't imagine the horrible tragedy of going through losing your best friend twice. Um, but not only did they come back, but they came back with one of their best albums ever. And all of the songs are really born out of uh, losing a band member and a friend. And some of their best writing is on that album. Um, I really think it's a, it's a it's a great piece of of art, really, and a really deserving nominee. Um, that being said, my <laughs> my stiffest competition in my personal eyes was Queens of the Stone Age album, which was just rip roaring. I mean, again, a person we don't necessarily support the uh, personal life of is uh, Josh Hom, but we love his music, so. <laughs> Uh, that album is, is kick-ass. Like, it's just like old school melt your face, two bamp guitars and distortion and heavy bass and drums and, you know, just anger and frustration and all the fun things about, uh, about good rock music. Um, but at the end of the day, this is why I think front to back, the writing just really stands out. And I was really, really happy, um, that, that Paramore got their moment here. Me too. I think it's long overdue. I was really excited to see that. I just wish it would have been televised. I don't know why 
We have stopped totalizing yeah. the rock categories, but it's, it is what it, it is. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're like, rock is dead. Let's not show the rock categories. Oh, where did rock go? Oh, rock is must be dead. You know, it's like, yep. if it's, we... Yep. It's They're clearly not themselves. dead, by the way, because Billie Eilish is super inspired by rock. Obviously, Olivia Rodrigo oh, is yeah. like a lot of the emerging young artists are pulling heavily from the rock genre. So, like this idea that rock is dead is just nonsense. It's complete silliness. Well, I mean, Olivia, one of the most mainstream artists right now, is pulling entirely from pop punk, which is a yeah. faction of rock. So exactly, she. I mean, she was nominated for best rock song for Ballad of a Homeschool Girl. Right, right. So she she submitted it's very in that clearly not dead. Yeah, it, so we need to stop acting like rock is dead. It, was it the most popular form of music for like thirty years and is not anymore? Yes, but like, sure, it's not it's not an unpopular genre. It's still massively popular. Hundred um, percent. However, I was happy to see a category that got televised that I was not expecting to be tele- televised was the um, Musica Urbana with the Carol G win. I thought that oh, was a yeah. really cool thing for them to include on the telecast because Latin music has become basically pop at this point. It's the, it's like, the mainstream. It, I think rap had its moment and now it's it Latin. It is music. the mainstream. Yeah, I totally agree. It's absolutely huge. Um, and I was really, it was one of those rare moments for the Grammys where I was like, oh, maybe you are in touch kind of. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it was, if it was that, or if they just wanted Carol G's star power on the telecast to get more viewership, but either way to see them acknowledge that category, I thought was really, um, a, a cool twist that I did not see coming. Yeah. Shout out Grammys We're we're learning a little bit. Speaking yeah. of learning a little bit, um, I had to learn a little bit about some of these nominees for... Uh, best new artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, this award was pretty stacked this year. We got Gracie Abrams, Fred it again, Ice Spice, Jelly Roll, Coco Jones, Noah Khan, The War in Treaty, and the eventual winner Victoria Monet. Your thoughts on the category? Yeah, I thought it was a really great category, especially last year. I felt like it was they were really struggling. Very, <laughs> very weak. People, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. But I felt like this year there's a lot of really great stuff going. Um, my personal favorites of the category were definitely Gracie Abrams and Noah Kahn. Um, I think they're both phenomenal artists. I was really rooting for Noah Kahn in this. I think he's just a really good guy in general. I think he's very humble. Like, he brought his mom to the Grammys, which I just thought was so sweet. <laughs> like, that was his plus one. Um, but, I mean, Fred, again, is huge in the EDM community, if I have that right. Um Obviously, Ice Spice had a massive, massive year. Jelly Roll, I hear, is a fantastic country artist. Coco Jones, I believe, has been in the industry for a really long time. Um, and then, obviously, the same goes for Victoria Monet, the winner. So, yeah, I thought it was a good category. And I was I was really excited to see Victoria Monet take this home. It felt like a really well-earned, very kind of grassroots winner in this category she has been doing this for years and years and years and years with other artists and um you know to finally see her break through as her own artist was a, just a cool moment to see and i thought she had one of the best speeches of the night easily i i agree yeah it was an awesome speech yeah super yeah. happy for her um i wish i had more thoughts on that but let's move to something i do have a little bit more thoughts on which is our next category, Song of the Year. 
So this is a songwriting award for those that aren't familiar with the terminology of the Grammys. Um, it goes to the songwriters, uh, and it, it's supposed to not really factor in the production or the performance, although you can't not. It's all part of the thing. So um, the nominees... Yeah, exactly. Um, the nominees were A&W, uh, Jack Antonoff, Lana Del Rey, Sam Dew, Antihero, <coughs> Jack Antonoff, and Taylor Swift, uh, Butterfly, John Batiste, and Dan Wilson, Dance the Night, Dua Lipa, Flowers, Miley Cyrus, Kill Bill, SZA, Vampire, Dan Negro, and Olivia Rodrigo, and What Was I Made For, Billie Eilish, O'Connell, and Phineas O'Connell. And that was the winner. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I thought that song totally. should have won this award. Um, totally, totally, totally. It's probably going to win the Oscar for Best Song as well. Um, and it, I believe it's the first uh, song from a film to be to win Song of the Year since, ironically, Celine Dion won for Titanic <laughs> with My Heart Will Go for On. My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. Uh, so... Pretty cool. Uh, it's been a long time since a song from a movie has like reached this level of of yeah, acclaim gosh, she, and, she, and popularity. She, yeah, she had a, such a huge moment with this song. I mean, Barbie was just yeah, huge in general, exactly. but even Dua Lipa did not have as big of a moment as no, Barbie did. Like, no, and I mean, I think I think uh, "Dance the Night" is a fantastic song, um, but it is. It's great. I I think the thing with uh, "What Was I Made For" is it really kind of gets to the heart of what the movie is about and it's delivered at the climax so it just makes it a little bit more powerful and memorable um and it really is such a breathtaking piece of songwriting it's just absolutely stunning it is it's not my favorite billy song of all time but i think for what it was intended for what it was made for <laughs> um i thought i you know it it really cannot be denied how gorgeous it is i rewatched barbie last night and uh, I had forgotten that that the theme of what was I made for um, is really strong throughout the entire movie. You hear it in the, oh, is it? the whole time. It is. Yeah. And then you get to that climactic moment and it just chills down my entire spine. It, it just really is. That's so cool. Incredible. And did you see the, the viral video of Billie Eilish, like the making of this song? Yes. So fascinating. So like she gets a lot of crap for you know her breathy tone when she sings but homegirl is versatile because in that video she laid out she was like i could have done it this way and like belted it out or i could have done it this way and made it a little bit more jazzier and then she was like but i think given the lyrics and the heart of that song the way it needed it just needed to flow just as the lyrics say and like just the way she can change her voice and you can tell she is a student of music her and her brother are sponges in terms of, you know, production and styling and vocal performance. Like they really care about the art of of songwriting and music making, and that was really cool in that video to see her to see her talk about that. Yeah, I watched another clip too where she's talking about that she wrote this song at a time when she just felt like she had no inspiration, was just struggling. I, I believe they had done like an entire day of songwriting, and and had. Billy was super unsatisfied with everything they'd done that day. And Phineas was like, wait, let's just, let's just try it. Why don't we just try writing something for Barbie? They'd just been asked and had seen the film. Um, and she was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I guess he just started playing those chords on the piano. And she said the first thing that she came up with was that. 
and just like came out of her, which is really, really cool. Um, that mm-hmm. out of, out of a, a period of, of not being able to create that one of her greatest successes has come, which is really cool. It was, yeah, very, very cool moment. And that, that like three note melody is one of the best melodies to come out of last year. It's just yeah. so instantly recognizable and haunting. Yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. a deserving winner. I, I do have to shout out. I, I cannot believe this far into her career, Taylor Swift has not taken home a song of the year award ever. And she is like one of the most prolific songwriters we've ever had. She has never won song of the year, which is. Like, I'm deeply uninformed about this. About. That is. Yeah. A choice. She's never won this award. <laughs> Isn't that wild? And so like, I don't necessarily think that Antihero was the one to do that. So I wasn't too upset by that. Um, but I do think Antihero is a great song, and I think the lyrics are fantastic. Um, so shout out to Taylor Swift. She needs to take this home, this award home at some point. The fact that she lost all too well 10 minute to Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> I'll never forgive the Grammys oh, for that. Oh, no. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a little bit tragic. But very happy for Billy. She was definitely the deserving winner this year. All right. And now let's move to best record of the year, which uh, is an award for production, uh, recording, performance. So uh, these nominees were similar, but not quite the same. Uh, we got Kill Bill, Anti Hero, Vampire, What Was I Made For Again, as well as Flowers. Um, the other nominees were On My Mama, Victoria Monet, Not Strong Enough by Boy Genius, and Worship by John Batiste. Um, and the winner again was Flowers. So capping off Miley's super successful year with one of the biggest awards of the night, if not the biggest. A lot of people think record of the year is truly the the standout yeah. the standout award. Um your thoughts on that? Uh, who I predicted and who I think deserves it. I, I, her moment last year cannot be denied. And I think for someone who has been in the industry for so long and is just so endlessly talented and just has such a killer voice. It, like I said, I don't think Flowers is her best song by a mile, but you cannot deny its moment last year. And I, I couldn't see another song in this taking it. I really thought she deserved it. Yeah, I, I agree. I was really happy she won this. I, I did think Kill Bill was going to win, and I really love that song, and I really love mm-hmm. SZA. Um, it yep. did not, but I was really happy for for Flowers. And her performance uh, of the song was super fun. <laughs> I loved her improvising. <laughs> it's super. She's she's just an unhinged human, you know? We we love her for who she is. <laughs> well, when I mean, when she accepted this award, she told everybody that she forgot to wear underwear, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. She's too funny. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, what a what a woman. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on the Grammys as a whole before we get into album of the year? I know we did want to talk about the person who won this potentially. Maybe just a little mm-hmm. a, t- a touch on how we felt about a certain uh, album announcement. Um, anything else yep. that yep. you want to? Let's let's start with that. Let's start with that. Okay, yeah, let's let's just jump right in. So, for those of you who don't know, and if you don't know, that means you're absolutely living under a boulder. Um, <laughs> Taylor Swift, when accepting her first award of the night, um, pop vocal album, announced um, her new album coming out in April called The Tortured Poets Department, which I'm finally starting to learn the name of. I don't know if you've seen, but everybody online cannot remember the name of this album. Everyone's well, every one of her albums is a one is a one word name, so trying to remember right. multiple words is, well, I guess, not speak now, but all yeah. the other ones. Yeah. And, and Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, close. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but yeah, so she announced that when, when accepting the award. And I think we both kind of have similar thoughts about 
the timing of this. Um, I don't think either of us necessarily agree it was the right time to announce an album. She did it a couple years ago with Midnight. She did it at the VMAs. And I felt like it was appropriate at the VMAs because, number one, who really cares about the VMAs <laughs> in terms of, like, you know, their place in the awards ceremony category. But also because that's a fan-voted awards ceremony. So as a way to give back to the fans, she announced a new album. I thought that was appropriate. The Grammys, I think, are just fundamentally different right? It's one of the big four award ceremonies, and there's a certain level of respect at that award ceremony to the music industry as a whole, and, you know, the hard work that your peers put in, and celebrating your peers. And, you know, it's not necessarily her fault, but a large part of the viewership I think for the Grammys was for Taylor Swift just because of who she is and her place in pop culture and like Trevor Noah spent about two minutes of his opening monologue talking about Taylor Swift it's not her fault it's just who she is but I felt like she was already the most prevalent person there the one everybody was watching for and then to just further that and take up more space you know more energy of her peers and you know the respect of the ceremony as a whole to take all that away and just make it about her even more than it already was about her. It, it was a little off-putting to me and that's coming from a huge, huge, huge fan. Like I absolutely adore her. I just thought that was a, a bit of a miss. Yeah. I, so I shared a video with Danny on, on TikTok of uh, a creator I like comparing it to at the end of a basketball game when you're up 30 points instead of dribbling out the last 10 seconds, you just run up and do a windmill dunk. That did sort of just feel like what this was. <laughs> or if Chris yeah. Nolan wins uh, Best Director this year and goes up there and says, I'm making a new Batman movie with Chris Nolan. <laughs> it comes out in, in December or something. You know what I mean? Right. It would be like, or with uh, with Christian Bale, like everyone would go apeshit and the you know, Oscars wouldn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? So, uh, well, even, <laughs> even myself included, like as a huge fan, obviously I freaked out when she announced the album and I spent probably the next 30 minutes of the show looking up the album cover and engaging with the discourse online. And I was like, I, I almost wish I could go back in that moment and put the phone down so that I could really respect what was happening on the telecast because, it, you know, it just, it just takes away. Like it just naturally takes away from what everybody else is doing and, you know, puts a lot of the attention on you. And I, I wish she would have done it in a different way at a different time. She, she said she's in Tokyo right now on the Eras tour. And she said her backup was to do it at Tokyo if she didn't win any awards at Grammys night. And I kind of wish she just would have done it in Tokyo. I felt like that yeah. would have been okay. And or even not have detracted from the rest of her peers. Uh, I felt like Casey Musgraves did it well, too. She announced an album. Agreed. Uh, the same night. But the way she did it was she had a presentation. Or she presented an award so people like saw her face. And then on the next commercial break, there was an announcement about her album. And I felt like that was a good way of not detracting from the show itself. Um, I mean, you could just see it. You could see it in everyone's reaction when she did it. They were not happy about Every, it. No, people were upset. It's like, yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, great, another Taylor Swift show. Like, yeah, I just don't think it, for a uh, year now. Accepting uh, an award from other people for your accomplishments is not a time to like continue to self promote. It's a time to be humble and and accepting of you know the Agreed. good things you've been given. So. 
Not to hate on Taylor Swift. We are absolutely a Taylor Swift stand podcast. We're rooting for the fighting Taylor Swifts tomorrow during the, the Super Bowl. So <laughs> go Taylor. Absolutely. Um, we, we adore adore her, but I think it's it's okay to critique your favorite artist sometimes and acknowledge yeah. some moments that maybe aren't the greatest. For sure. All right. So uh, any other thoughts on the Grammys as a whole before we get to record of, or album of the year? Um, I think the only other performance I want to shout out was Dua Lipa. I thought she had a great oh, opening yeah. performance. I don't know if you got a chance to see that because I know you missed the beginning. I, I, I haven't yet. Uh, I got to watch that one. Okay. Did she do Houdini? Uh, I thought she she did Houdini and she did a part of her new single that's coming out later this month, um, oh, Training sick. Season. So yeah, she did like the whole first verse and chorus for that. And it's an unreleased song, which I thought was a really cool thing to do. Cool. Um, And then like barely did any of the Dance the Night. <laughs> so... I thought that was so interesting, sure. considering yeah. that was the one that's nominated. Um, but no, I thought she did a great job opening the show, set the bar very high, and she just she has really honed in her craft in terms of performance. Like yes. she's come a long way since that first person commented, "Go girl, give us nothing," <laughs> and she has really <laughs> she has really put in the work to to become a great performer. And I thought she did a good job. Yeah, she really has. That uh... that comment really changed her career. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, album of the year uh, nominees: John Batiste, Boy Genius, Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey, Janelle Monae, Olivia Rodrigo, SZA, and Taylor Swift wins for Midnight's. How do we feel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I my my personal hope was for Guts. Knew that was not going to happen because for whatever reason her promotional cycle this time was just not great. Um, so then my my realistic hope was for SOS because it's it's just time for a black woman to win this award. I'm so sorry, but it is long overdue. If you don't know, the last person to the last black woman to have taken home album of the year was Lauren Hill in 1999. Has been twenty five years since I was six years old. Danny was three. Yeah, three. Come on, on, guys. That's embarrassing. (laughs) That's gross. That's so gross. It should have gone to Beyonce last year. Probably should have gone to Beyonce in twenty sixteen too for Lemonade. It's like, why do we keep doing this? It's just weird at this point. I like we said, Taylor Swift, incredible. We love her. I think we can both agree, Midnight's is not her strongest project, and. I think it was pretty obvious Taylor Swift was eventually going to break this record of the first person to win album of the year four times. We knew it was going to be her eventually. I did not think this was the album to do it with. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Just because the albums that she's won for in the past were just huge cultural moments. I mean, uh, Fearless is like, when people think Taylor Swift in their brains, like the average person, that's what comes to mind, mm-hmm. that album. And then 19, 1989 was a complete reinvention of her as a performer, as a songwriter, as an artist in general, um, and also was just everywhere. I mean, like you couldn't go a day without hearing no. Shake It Off or Out of the Woods or Style or Blank Space. Blank space. I mean, like it was just everywhere. It was, mm-hmm. you know, and then Folklore comes out. At a time when everyone is staring into nothing during a global pandemic. Yeah. And she's like, by the way, I've released one of my greatest albums ever. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. here. Like, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, delivered shit. Delivered a songwriting masterpiece. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Taylor, You're for right. saving us from the pandemic. That would be good. And then Midnight's is like, yeah. it's a bop. It's a fun album. A good pop album. 
it's a I, good I have pop. it in in the upper half of these nominees. I I really like it a lot, but yeah, it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not one of these defining albums. Whereas I felt like both Guts and SOS, which I really loved as well. I I have some problems with SOS. I think it is too long. Um, I, I wish mm-hmm. a little bit more would have gotten left on the cutting room floor because I think there's so much gold in there, and I think some of the weaker songs kind of bring down the project as a whole a little bit. Um, that being said, I listened to SOS a bajillion times last year. Like when this came out, I yeah. it was like on repeat. Something about SZA's voice is just so soothing. Um, it I, is, I, and she's just an ungodly singer, like uh, unbelievable. Uh, I've heard that she performs uh, Kill Bill in one take, which is. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> That's what she claims. <laughs> oh my god! Which is just absurd. I I truly don't understand that kind of talent that's that's beyond me um and i just i don't know i i really wanted her to win this i because again i thought olivia probably didn't have a chance and i really just i don't know dude like sis has been doing this a really really long time like like Mm -hmm. victoria monet she's she's you know been grinding for a really long time she's in her mid-30s i believe so she's older than taylor i think she's older than taylor is she really I believe oh so. God, she looks so young. Um, it's insane. And so, yeah, the fact that she really hasn't won yet, and and I don't even know if Control was nominated for Album of the Year, but people think that's one of the greatest R&B albums of all time. And I have to... I don't I believe to... it was nominated for Album of the Year, but I think it was nominated for Best R&B Album, if I remember okay. correctly. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I just think at some point the Grammys have to give her a little more credit. I do know that she won. She did win two Grammys, right, I believe? Because she won for uh, Ghost of the Machine and two actually. She won more than two. I thought she won some of the R and B categories. I don't okay. know exactly how many, but she did not. She did not leave empty handed for sure. Okay, she well, won some stuff. Mad props to her for winning some, but I I just kind of felt like this should have been her year. Um, that being said, how I mean we 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 can't we can't just hate on Taylor. We have to acknowledge the fact that she did break history, the fourth album, yeah, an album of the year. Huge. That, like that I is said, a I, truly stunning accomplishment. It is. And I, I knew it was going to be her to do it. I had no doubt in my mind. She is an albums artist through and through. There yes. are very few people in the music industry who care about the craftsmanship of a full body of work as much as Taylor Swift does. And she just does it so well every time. She does not miss. Yeah. Every time she releases an album, it is fantastic. It's always great. And... The, the fact that she won this four times, beating out Paul Simon, um, Stevie Wonder, and um, Frank Sinatra. Those were those were the people she was tied with. Wow. And she just beat all of them. I mean, just wow. all-time legends. She is going to be easily the most talked about artist of this time period in, yeah. in music history. And it, and it will not Undeniably. be Undeniably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look at the success of the tour. It's it's unbelievable. She's just, unreal. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy what I, she's been able to do. I, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen anything like this in my lifetime. And and That's I will say, um, I I did read an insider say that it was probably going to go to Midnight's because they felt that the Grammys wanted to award Album of the Year to an artist that took albums seriously. And as is mm. to say, this is the type of album that wins Grammys. So yeah, I. I do appreciate that aspect of it because Danny and I, for those who don't know, we're, we've always been huge album listeners. Um, 
I, I really don't listen to singles except to like preview an album. <laughs> so the, exact, to me, they're I'm like a trailer. Um, so yep. yeah, uh, we're both huge album artists and it's important to us when, when artists put out something that really feels reflective of an entire, um, entire era, entire project, entire feeling, you know, put together. And so in that respect, I'm really happy for her. And, um, me too. Think it. Think it's not a. It's not a bad winner. It just feels safe. No, it's not a bad winner at all. I love Midnight's. It, yeah, I absolutely love it. But yeah, I agree with you. It feels like a very safe choice for the Academy. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up with something we're going to do every time, which is well, we love music and everything about it. We also love other things in the entertainment industry, um, TV shows, movies, books pop culture nuggets so what is uh something recently that sparked joy for you danny that's uh, in the realm of entertainment i am going to try and keep this as short as possible because i'm very passionate about it okay <laughs> but i am a reality tv nut specifically when it comes to reality competition shows so like big brother is like one one of my all-time favorite shows and i have to take a moment to talk about the traitors season two because okay. it is some of the best reality television I've ever seen in my entire life. The cast is outstanding. So for those of you who don't know, The Traders takes reality TV personnel personalities, puts them all together, and the concept of the game is there are three traders that are chosen. It's kind of like a game of Mafia, if you've ever played Mafia. There's three traders whose their goal is to kill off the rest of the people in the house. And if they make it to the end, they win the cash money. Okay, it's the other people, they call them the faithfuls. It's their job to figure out who the traitors are and banish them from the castle so that they take the cash prize at the end. So, but season one was fantastic. Sari from Survivor won, spoiler alert, sorry. She won that season and was fantastic. This season is almost 10 times better than season one and season one was so good. So I mean, it has some of the biggest personalities from Big Brother, some of the biggest personalities from the Survivor franchise, the Housewives franchise. It's got Peter Weber from The Bachelor. I mean, it's got just insane star power, and the gameplay has been outstanding to watch. So if you're a reality TV nut like I am, and you're not watching The Traders on Peacock, you have to tune in. It is such good TV. I've I've heard great things, actually. I've got a couple of friends here that that love reality and they've been telling me to watch it. So I might have to hop on the yeah, train. It's, it's so awesome. good. It's the casting. I mean, it's all in the casting. That's really cool. I love mafia too. So yeah. like life, real life. Mafia I do too. It's such fun. a fun game. <laughs> and it's real campy. It's real campy too. Like it's just kind of silly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Alan Cumming is the um, <sighs> host of it. Love and him. he just comes out every episode wearing the most ridiculous outfit you've ever seen. And he's just like so over the top dramatic. It's fantastic. It's like silly. It's goofy, but also like really intense. And people are like yelling at each other. It's like everything you want from reality TV. It's perfect. Oh, bless. Um, I'm yeah. going to so, I'm going to shout out uh, one of the Disney shows that I, was acclaimed when it came out. But a lot of people didn't watch it. And that's Andor. Uh, I will say... Mm. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. We both are. And we yeah. just kind of got burnt out on the whole Star Wars thing. It's like they kept putting out new projects and more new projects and more new projects. And like some were good, some were bad. 
some are unwatchable. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, so as a result, I just didn't really watch anything for a while. And then part of me was just like, oh, I've heard this is good. And I was looking for a show and I started playing it. And I I am truly blown away by by Andor. I think everybody should be watching it. It's not just for Star Wars fans. Um, I think it's like a really excellent adult drama. It has a lot of wonderful things to say about um, how... Uh, a fascist society is bad for everyone in different ways. Um, I think that's ultimately the, the theme of the show and like how people rebel in their own way um, against the systems that oppress them. And I just think it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. And they, I just saw they wrapped season two filming yesterday. So that's really cool. Um, it is going to be the final season, but it's 12 more episodes. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I heard it's coming out probably next year. So if you want to get out ahead of season two coming out, it's it's basically a prequel to Rogue One, which is itself a prequel to the original Star Wars um, about Cassian Andor, who's like a rebel um, who in Rogue One ends up uh, helping deliver the plans to the Death Star to Princess Leia, who's able to start the events of A New Hope. So um, it's a really cool show just about him and how he goes from a kind of like uh, someone who's all in it for himself into a fighter for the cause. Uh, really great show. Yeah, it sounds cool. I have not watched any of it. How does it compare to uh, Mandalorian season two? Uh, I I think it's a lot better as a show. I mean, if it like okay, Mandalorian season two is so fun as a Star Wars fan. It's like it's like a. It's it's very Avengers Infinity War and gamey where it just like pays off yeah. you know so much watching of Star Wars. Yeah. Whereas this show really you don't even have to have seen Star Wars to like it. Like it's Okay. It truly just feels like a show that takes place in that world, but it's not really There's there's a couple Connected. Easter eggs here and there, but yeah, it's like its own thing completely. Okay. Yeah. So it's hard to compare. As a TV show, it's better. Like it's just Okay. Some of the, like, like a character would deliver a monologue, and I was like, what the hell? That was some of the best writing I've ever seen in a performance. Like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really great. That's really cool. Okay, I think I'll have to check it out then, because I've been wanting to get back into Star Wars, but yeah, Rise of Skywalker really burnt me out for yeah. a, a long time. So, I think I'm going to ignore the yeah, movies I, for a bit and stick to the TV shows, because they are seemingly doing yeah. better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll check it out. For sure. Well, uh, that was it for our first episode, episode 101. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple weeks to do our February recap. Um, but this has been the Daily Record Spin, and thank you so much for listening. Um, please go ahead and share this podcast with your friends, your family, um, your neighbor, your coworker, whoever you'd like to share with. And uh, where can we follow you on social media? Um, let's see if I can give you all my handles correctly. Um, I am on Instagram as Danny underscore Oki 96. Um, and on Twitter as at Danny underscore Oki 96. Exactly the same. Nice. I am at Jimmy Wright songs, only one S between Wright and songs. Um, and that is the same for Instagram, TikTok, and threads. I no longer use the bird app, RIP, 
um, to a thing I used to love for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I am still on there. I am still fighting for it. No, I no, as you should. A lot, in. plenty, plenty of people do. It's it's all good. Yeah. Yep. All right. So with with that, we'll we'll see you. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Grammys as well, and we'll be back shortly for some more music talk. See you later, guys.